0: Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem's show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real-life scenarios with real live people.
1: Hi everybody, welcome tonight. Tonight we have a very special share We're going to have an official shir join us tonight. And uh, tonight is shir number 34. All of us who are joining the first time, and it's going to be a very special evening. We have some uh, big news to discuss in a minute. Um, again, I want to first thank everybody who comes on every week and our viewers. A lot of people are posting it on the WhatsApp statuses, emailing it, telling people about it. Uh, it's tremendous chizik. There's literally hundreds of people that come in here every Sunday night to be mechazik, and um, it gets recorded. It gets sent out all over to any anytime, and you know all different types of platforms and podcasts. And it's a tremendous for everybody. So please share it with everybody. Let people come. We try to cover as many topics as possible. For anybody who's watching this video on the, retu, the, the replay on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to Coach Menachem's uh, channel. Also, click on the like button so more people get to view it. I want to start off tonight first with all of our regular advertising sponsors, uh, the Lakewood Scoop for always promoting us here on Lakewood. It's a Lakewood based Zoom share, me Menachem out of Lakewood. And I want to give a special thank you to them. Special thank you to Rabbi and Yanif from Chazak for always promoting us. Please go to chazak.org to see all the programs they have. A very special thank you to Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN, Jewish Content Network, always taking care of all of our digital advertising needs. Um, next Sunday, we're going to have a share, a very powerful share, actually, I want to discuss a little bit. It's one of the hottest speakers, Rabbi Yossi and Shushan, discussing enough talking, and time for doing real practical ideas on how to help yourself and your children and others to really do things versus, you know, talking. You see a problem, you call you call a moesed, you call an organization, what could you do? For yourself, and that it, it triggers into other things. We had a long talk with him, and it was a very powerful. And uh, we spent time with him. Shabbos me and he's. It's going to be an unbelievable program. So everybody here tonight, please let everybody know about next week. Tonight's show, we have the source of having the world famous M'chanach, somebody who's been in the trenches of chinuch for probably an official. I don't know how many years. I lost. Uh, I lost counts. Maybe you can tell the Oilam.
2: Me too. I also lost counts. Better. It's better if you don't count. And the bracha shayla ba davra only things that are you don't count. Okay.
1: We're happy to have you here. We're going to focus on how to give your children the time that they need with practical advice and ideas. We have a tremendous amount of questions that got emailed in. We're going to try to cover as much as possible tonight. We have a chapter. Whatever we can cover tonight. This is, I'm, I'm getting emails right now as this year is starting. I keep getting more. Um, before we introduce our host, Coach Menachem, everybody tonight, I want to mention Coach Menachem. first child became a call tonight. We just made him both came from the... From the L'Chaim. So it's big Mazel Tov, Coach Menachem. Nachem Berenfeld, we got to Berenfeld the Shpacha. Should have a from this order from all your children. Amen. Oh H from Moishe Sharf, from right behind us, from Oak and Vine and Lakewood. And may all these Zaychen Klal Yisrael to have Naches from all the Kinderloch. The Chusin's are Mazel Chusin. Naches. Okay, Coach Menachem, the floor is yours. Open up.
0: Shkoyech, welcome everyone to tonight's show. I'll tell you the truth. I'm. St- I've still not landed i um, basically not here. I'm still flying, just coming from the engagement of my daughter. Baruch Hashem, Tau Hushev, Moisha Sharf from here in Lakewoods with Baruch Hashem. It was a beautiful, beautiful engagement in Iider, Hassan And um, look at this. I should have been one of our listeners. Baruch Hashem. So I'll try to talk from up there, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> welcome, everyone. And I want a, a special welcome to Rabbi official Shechter with all the years of experience that he has uh, with being Mayfitz Torah and all over for the young, for the old, and hopefully tonight in Mitz Hashem we'll be able to get out, you know, with all the questions that everybody sent in, and with the live questions we'll be able to hear up front a little bit from Ravi Shechter. I just want to mention a concept before we start. The topic is So uh, every person is different. Every child is different. If you have parents, you, you, the ego should bias itself. You have her and you have him. Both can have two different views, two different personalities, two different uh, ways of seeing things. And then you have the children. And each child is different, so sometimes it could become complicated. Every child needs something else, a different way of taking care. And sometimes we want to do it one way. This is how I do it with my oldest, and it was, it was good matzliach. So why can't I do it with all of them? It doesn't always work that way. Um, a different, another concept is sometimes when we want to fix, it could, it could, you can get, you can get yourself in the way of letting things grow. A very simple mushal is if you have grass growing, and if you go every day and you look at the seeds and you finally see a little grass and you pull it and you move it to the side, and you want it to go right, you want it to go left, and then you want it to go a little faster, so you give it a pull. What do you think is gonna happen with that little seed, with that little grass? Not too much. What we have to do is step back in los wachsen. Be there, give it a little bit of water, Give it sunlight, whatever it needs. Be there, but don't try to move it. Once we realize what the child needs, what's the dark hoy, sometimes it doesn't, it might not work with the way we want, but it's dark hoy. It's not our dark. <laughs> it's Hanukkah Ladanat P. Dark Figure out what he needs and then let go and let him grow. Um, there are many stories out there, people that I've met, but I'm just going to mention a personal story. Somebody who came to me um, with his book in yeshiva, who's having a hard time, very hard time to figure out why and the child is not participating and the child is not there, and the moyser was about to give up and the Moses wanted to put the kids on medication and they told the father, "There's nothing we can do." And the father said, "Give me, just give me one more chance." And basically, what the father did in five—I'll say it in five words—but it's not so easy. The father just backed up and connected to the child, to where the child is. No more expectations, no more pushing, no more trying, no more figuring out this and that. Just back up and just be there when the child needs you. Give him a little chizek, whatever he does. It's not easy. And sometimes our ego gets in the way. We get very frustrated. But sometimes that's basically what's needed. Just zoom out. Be there. Accept the way he looks now. Don't worry. He won't look. All, he, he'll grow up. But <laughs> let it happen. So, tonight, we'll hear from Rabbi Shachter, and it should be with all of our listeners we' we'll be able to hear what we need to hear, and what we need to hear for our kids, and for ourselves, for us to grow, and to let our kids grow from the child. from the child.
1: Again, let's give a little overview of tonight's cheer. Tonight's cheer is going to be learned to sponsor tonight is Schuss for Fush Habacher, Shlomo, Ben Surah Liza. Everybody should answer our main together. All a few hundred people on already have 320 people. Schuss for Fushlema, Lehma, Futs and of Ruzagov, and Schuss, Habacher, Shlomo, Ben Saraliza. All the hundreds of people here tonight and all the thousands of people that watch it afterwards. should have and Sinashimayim. I'm going to read your official, your official chapter's bio, short bio, before, you know, just in case anybody doesn't know who you are. Official uh, Schechter is highly acclaimed and much loved scholar, international lecturer, storyteller, and author. His witty, charming, warm, and down-to-earth style continues to grab the attention of the delight of multitudes of students, among of many illustrations projects. Rif Shechter is a Rebbe in Tabidas in Brooklyn, New York. I went on to Torah Anytime and uh, I saw you has close to a thousand shiram there, which uh it's a lot for Torah Anytime. But uh Official, the floor is yours. Give an opening before we get into questions. Small opening
2: okay thank you so much uh, you said you read my bio because people don't know who i am you still don't know who i am trust me i don't know who i am so thank you everyone for uh, for joining tonight a couple of disclaimers okay first of all i i take noah christ for anyone's betel if you want to please do not push off your chavrus for this okay so just, just but if you happen to be you know on the carpet cleaning the sink or underneath someplace and you're working anyway and you're in your house, then you can listen. Um, I also wanna say that I am not, this I can tell you for sure beyond any, any question. I am not the smartest uh, person on this planet and neither the wealthiest. So those are the two reasons that people listen to people. Like, I don't score that high in either one of those. So uh, I'm not the smartest person on this planet and I'm not the wealthiest. So I, I don't really claim that I have any, anything uh, you know, worthwhile to say. I definitely have no magic wands or mystical answers, glimpses from above, Ruch HaKadosh, etc. I'm also not a Taisfist, so please don't be Mediak in my words, okay? So because you said this, so it's Mash that, I said, no, no, no. That's for and Achreinim. So uh, please don't be Mediak in my words. So now that I have established my credentials, right, beyond repute, I, th- I think we can... Uh, we can begin. You ever wonder by a uh, Shavu somebody gets up and he says like this, I'm not a speaker, but then he speaks for like a half an hour. And I feel like saying, if you're not a speaker, so why are you getting up, right? You imagine going to a dentist and the person says, I'm not a dentist, I'll try a root canal. He said, you know? I'm not a plumber, let me try, let me try fix installing that, uh, right? And then you have a Kriyas Yamsef, I'm not a pilot, but you know, maybe, you know, how hard could it be already? So if you're not, how come when it comes to speakers, if you're not a speaker, you speak? Not sure why. But uh, so that cash really is by a Sheva Brachas. I mean, I think I do know why, but we'll leave that for a different year. Um, but it's not in a really tonight because you all have a bravery to sign off, right? You all have a bravery just to press leave. I'm not sure what are supposed to read. You press leave. So, so really, so unlike a captive audience by a Sheva Brachas uh, or before Musaf when you're really stuck, unless you go to Kiddish Club, but if you're is smart enough not to have Kiddish Club, it's not a good thing. Especially if it was about filler once, instead of Kaddish, 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 he was so drunk. He was saying Kiddish, Kiddish, Kiddish. But upon him. Um So if you're a captive audience, then it's like a taina. But everyone here has a brayer just to right, just to sign off. So Mela, so, so okay, so after all is said and done, so why am I here? I'm telling you, I don't have what to say. And, and so why am I here? And the thing is, look, You know, we're going to talk things out together. It's not that I'm, I'm the big genius. Um, i was always because Hashem for a matnaskhinum of a large family that was a matnaminashamayan beyond anything else in this world my wife was comes from a very large loving family but uh, i'm sure you've heard the story many times i'll say it real quickly that there was a woman that didn't have children for 12 years and uh, she was a lone survivor of her family in the from the war and so was her husband and the situation was really was very painful and um in the course of time, of that time, about sixty years ago, there was no uh, alum there was no the uh, organizations that help people, and you know, you were basically on your own. And they had gone through whatever they were able to go through to date on that that was available. And this big, big Park Avenue doctor called her in and said, missus So and So, there's nothing more to do, and I want to tell you something. When here will grow on the palm of my hand, you're going to have a child." And that woman left the doctor's office brachin. it wasn't just her it was she was the only survivor of her entire family and so was her husband it meant you know at the end of the line for for hundreds and hundreds of people on both sides and there's no there's nothing else to do it's just 12 years 12 years of hoping 12 years of uh of waiting it's it's uh, you know, somebody once said davish's lapitan you know someone said uh, you know he, that he was married for uh he's married was married for five years he had a child So I said, you know, after five years, he said it wasn't five years, it was 60 months. So it's 12 12 years and she gets onto the Madison Avenue bus and she's going back and forth and back and forth and says, I'm not getting off this bus. I have absolutely no reason to want to get off bus. Why should I get off the bus? For what? And the bus is going back and forth and back and forth. I'm not sure they had air conditioning in those days. And finally at the end of the line, so the bus driver gets up, he goes, lady, you got to get off the bus. She says, I'm not getting off the bus. I have nothing to live for. So she says, he takes off his cap, like and he says, goes, ma'am, I had a hard day. I, said, I don't know what your problem is, but it's not going to be solved in the bus garage, okay? She says, get off this bus and get on with your life. So she felt that those words were men Those words were men And she said, you know what, Rabbi Shalala, you're smarter than me. You're know better than me. And that's it. Whatever going to be is going to be. Life is gonna go on. She got off the bus and a year later, she had a baby. And I know that the story is true because this woman was my mother. Okay, so I was born after 12 years. And uh, so I was raised as a Ben-Yachid. And uh, you know, like uh, people, that comes with its own challenges and its own nihilists. Yeah, you got a lot more toys, but it comes with its own challenges. The worst challenge was people assume you're spoiled. Could be they were right, but the assumption was difficult. But uh, so I was lucky to have uh, to have Baruch Hashem a very, very big family, and the exact numbers we said not gay. And like everything else, that I do everything right. I'm sure if you ask my kids, they're going to tell you I did not. And no one does. We're human beings, and me and my wife, we have our share of things that we learned the easy way and things we learned the less easy way. No hard. Nothing is hard. It's easy and less easy. So maybe I can share a thing or thing or two, and we can learn from each other. So you tell me when we're supposed to go to the questions. How, how, how long do I plop before we go to the questions? Menachem,
0: Yeah. Do
2: you have as Ravashim? much
0: time as you want, but...
2: uh uh-huh. Okay, but, but we want it, we want some people to still be online for yeah. the questions, right? Because Basically, the longer you talk, the more people slip out. Okay. So I was an eighth grade rabbi for many, many years. And we had this thing that uh, I used to do the shtick every when a kid would come late, I'd bring a note, and I would save the notes. I'd put them into my drawer. And before Purim, I would read them. And the kids had to guess whose note was who brought in that note, that excuse. That was like our little thing. Of course, there were some notes that I put away. But there's one note I still have, and it reads basically as follows. This "Is what it said. It said, please excuse Shloymi for coming late. His grandmother had a baby, and he had to stay home to watch his aunts and uncles. And it was true, right? And the truth is, it's not so, uh, it's Motsi meisim Bechal Yayim, right? I have uh I think I do, right? I have nie- we have uncles that are younger than their uh younger than their nieces and uh younger than their nieces and their nephews. okay. Um, the Satmirov Zahra Lavracha so so let me just say like this. They're, we have Baruch Hashem parents families trying to see what someone just texts me, okay too complicated um whoever <laughs> we'll leave for usher now. and he'll get
0: them
1: live
2: he'll get them live okay I'll,
1: I'll deal with the questions don't look don't look at it let me deal with
2: it okay great great so how, how do we do it how do we do it any large family whether it's lakewood with park i'm talking about really really we're talking about 10 kids 13 kids 14 kids how how do we do it how do we do it financially how do we do it emotionally how do we do it that we have enough time for the kids? How does this work? And the answer is, if I had to tell you on pen and paper, no, there's no, doesn't work. doesn't work. But we do it. So how do we do it? So obviously, th- there, there's a chesh minashamayim, which is a little bit higher than that. The Sat Rebbe once said, be careful with your children. The Yoyel's, once said, be careful with your children and maybe your parents. Meaning to say you felt that, do we know? that the ribu y'barach Hashem, Kain yerbu of doirois, down here in this world after the war, is that are, are, are our children, or us, are we the neshamais, of the people that were killed in the world? Well, we don't know these things. But in a the shamayim, there's a cheshben, and babies don't just fall down from shamayim. There's a cheshben as to which neshama goes to which. The Balatanya says, when the Kaddish Baruch Hu looks at us, he goes from Har Sinai until Mashiach, until Tchiyas Mesim, and he sees the, he sees the map. See, so a map. There's a cheshben, grandfather, father, son. There, there, there's a map. And understand. And that alone, I think, is a very big nechama, in a time of challenge, that the rabbinu showed meishu Benu, you, your grandfather, your father, you, your children, your grandchildren. It's part of a team. It's, it's, not, it's not just happening by chance. So again, a story that I'm sure many of you have heard from me over the past. I was babysitting my youngest, uh, then he was five years old he's not five anymore but then he was five years old and he was like Tah, I don't have what to do do whatever you want leave me alone I didn't say it that way I said do whatever you'd like to do but I had to finish something and he went I was babysitting and he was nudging me and we had the boxes there okay the boxes that were sent, getting ready to be sent off to camp it was the middle of the summer for all our children in camp they're never starving death and we send off these care packages because these kids in the camps, in the camps, you know, all they have is breakfast, lunch, supper, snack, and the food that the Rebbe gives them to keep quiet and then the canteen and, you know, so, so but in between, they don't have what to eat. So we send them big care packages. So we had all these boxes here oh, and the water, right? You send water, you send water to your kids in camp. And when I went to camp, I went with a little bag of cookies. I don't know, I didn't starve. He used to do that, you know, water, we need water. There's no water in camp and you find this, gas station over here, like, you know, in Barapak, on Nostrand and East 3096 Street, you know what I mean? Past Canarsie, past, you know, past Pakistan and past, uh, you know, all the way there in Uzbekistan, there's a gas station. You get the water for two cents and you pull up over there by the gas station, a long line of minivans, a bunch of yidden schlepping water, you know, and then it looks like the day that the kids get onto camp, you know what it looks like? Everyone schlepping, the father schlepping cases of water onto the truck. Looks like the pictures of the coloring books from Mitzrayim, you know, with the parents sending the thing. Then once I, so I go around to different camps saying stories. And once I popped in Taka to my kid's camp and he was there having a water fight with someone spritzing the water. And I said, no, 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 no. next year. <laughs> you got to schlep your own water. You know what I mean? Okay. So here I am, I'm sitting there and my little one is telling me, I don't know what to do. So I said, Do what, let me finish something, okay? He says, I can't effing in the boxes. I could open the boxes of Nash. Open the boxes of Nash, just leave me alone. So he's opening box after box after box. And he's sitting there like a nazir in a carom. He's really, really. And my oldest son, right, he walks in. And, uh, you know, he's married with kids, Baruch Hashem. And he looks at his little brother and he says, Ta, can I ask you something? And I said, no. Not well, because I knew he was going to ask. And he says, you know, in my days, you know what we had to do for one potato shebang? Like, you know, look at this kid. So I said, I want to tell you something. But Rabbi is a very, very good shatran. He really is. He is the shatran. That's what he does all day. That's what Rabbi Yaisi ben Chlina told the Matronisa so that Vay-sham is a shatchan. is a very, very good shatchan, okay? And not only does he know which neshama is to send to which people, to which parents, he also knows um, which neshama, you know, he also knows who needs a 20-year-old father that's gonna get it straight and correct all the things that his father did wrong, and who needs a 30-year-old father, and who needs a 40-year-old father, who needs a whatever father, okay? So most of us with big families, no, we didn't raise our oldest children the way we raised our youngest ones. I always uh, said, I, there's a skip-stop generation. When I would teach eighth grade, I was just to ask kids what their Shabbos table is like. And I would connect it to the age of the parents. And some of them, I knew their fathers and grandfathers. And I'm telling you, this is how it works, okay? Two people get married. And one of them says, I want to tell you something, right? The, the chassan says to the cow, in my house, Shabbos table was boot camp. We all stood there. Talk, can I take more? Rain? How much did you have already? Spoon. One spoon per person. It was a small spoon. Go to the bathroom. Soon. starts me Kamakadesh. So since when do we sing that Kamakadesh? You know, it was like we couldn't wait for the suit to be over. said, so in my house, it's not going to be that way. In my house, then then the next generation goes like this. In my house, the Shabbos table was a joke. Kids are running all around the place. My father's there, smiling and jumping. You're not care less. This kid's jumping up and down. This kid's upstairs. This kid's downstairs. No, no. In my house, there's going to be seder. We're always correcting the previous generation. So I ask you, so it's obviously where a kid should be born because he's being raised by a father that's correcting his father. So it all depends what his father did because he's correcting. But this, this is how it goes. I mean, is, is the, is, there's a plan and the Kaddish Baruch Hu is the master planner. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu's plan applies to everything in this planet including the very plan that itself, and that was set into place by the one who created and sustains it. And he's the one that created you. He's the one that created your spouse. He's the one that created your children. And he's the one that decided you're gonna be the parents of your children. And that plan applies to us. And we're, we're just here to execute the plan. That's all we're doing. We're here to deal with the challenges. Naim Elimelech says, why are we here for? Abish her? to set it all up for us, right? He didn't ask us before we were born, why are we here? And the answer is, we're here to deal with the challenges. because chamar gorem, because the chumriyay is because it's going to be challenging raising kids. I remember I once asked my Meshgir Chuzlangson about a difficulty I was having with one of my kids, and I told him, this is sar Gidl Bonam. He said to me, no, no, that's Gidl Bonam. That's not sar giddel Bonam. That's, right? that's what you get paid for. That's what the schar is. So, having said that, yes, yeah, we're ready.
1: Okay, okay, we have tons of questions. Let's get started. We're going to start off with a little poll just to get everybody into it. Okay. And then we'll start with the questions. We have a few people that want to ask live. And let's be, let's, uh, i was here tonight. Again, everybody turn on your cameras if you could. Your official came, gave the de- dedicated his time. And anybody who has a question, please feel free to text me. Let's ask him a question. I can ask him why he goes first. Okay. And anybody who wants to text me, text me. Don't text your official because I'm going to, I'm going to guide it. Okay. Let's start with the poll question. Click the poll. Okay, everybody on. We can answer it's three questions tonight. We really, we really vamped it up. Let's go. The first question is: How do you feel? How do you feel you're handling your children's struggles? A. We have a game plan. that's under control. B. We have our better days, but still struggling regularly. Or C. We're totally lost. That's the first question. Anybody can you click on it, vote. It's anonymous. We don't know who's saying what. Second question is: What are some ways you connect with your child? We spend A. Special time with them. B. We buy them stuff. C. I tell them I love you. Or D, do extra things for them. It's basically, you know, the five love languages, but we only did four. Time, stuff, I love you, words of affirmation, do extra things for them. Deeds and services. The the third question is, do you feel you're able to meet each of your child's needs? It's yes, no, I try, but I can't keep up with all my children's needs. Everybody on the share, it's already 520 people that are official. You're seeing dancers come and they can't see it. So let let people vote. See what we're dealing with over here. Five seconds. Interesting.
2: Yes, yes, very interesting. Very okay. interesting.
1: Five, yes. four, three.
2: It's amazing how it's amazing how few people are totally lost. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's how lost they are. Yeah. It's really a trick. The one who says yes is really totally lost. You know?
2: Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's share the results. Okay, here's the answers, everybody. How do you feel you're handling your children's struggles? Twenty percent of the people here tonight feel we have a game plan; it's under control. Sixty-eight percent of people, Roy. We have our better days, but we're still struggling regularly. And 12% are totally lost. Second question is, what are some some ways you connect with your child? Either A, spend special time with them, 53%. 7% says buy them stuff, 21% tell them I love you, and 19% do extra things for them. So spend special time with them, right? Quality time, it seems like that's how people uh, feel they're connecting with their children. And three, do you feel you're able to meet each of your child's needs? 32% say yes, 8% say no, 60% says I try. Okay, I cannot keep up with all my children's needs. Very interesting. So basically, you have an oil movie. here. My, my understanding that's trying and uh, trying to make it. So you can exit off the screen now. Okay, I'm gonna, we have a bunch of questions. We'll start with the questions, then we'll go to live questions. Okay. Probably
2: just, just so when you say your children's needs. Is it your children's needs or what they want? The laptop the same thing. Not everything your child wants is what he needs.
1: I guess what the parents feel their needs are.
2: Right, okay. So okay I can't say, a I need soda. No, you don't. You want soda, right? Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about it. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so I just want to say before we start, we got questions from all over the place. So we first started off with, you know, because larger we have questions, then we have questions on crises, and then we have just random questions. So let's start off with the basics, and we'll get into deeper. And again, everybody wants to ask a lot, please text me, and we'll put you on. First basic questions. I have a house full of children, a larger mishpacha. I find it very challenging to see each of them to get their needs met. Rabbi Shachter, can you give us any practical tips and advice how to give lana pidarko when you have a larger mishpacha?
2: Okay. So, uh, first of all, you should have loads of nachas from all of them. And um, you have to view each kid as a ben yachid. It's very, very hard to say when three of them are chasing each other down the stairs, right? I still remember once I was somebody came to talk to me about sibling rivalry. He thought I have it because in his house it's crazy and I was in camp and I was sitting out there and I'm telling him different things you have to do to try to get your kids to, to get along with each other. And from my peripheral vision, you know, my rearview mirror and my glasses, I, I see my seven-year-old son chasing my six-year-old daughter with a Nagel Vasserschüssel full of water. And he shoves it at her. But my daughter's good. She jumps out of the way and it hits my client. You know, he gets soaked. And the guy goes, whose kids are those? I said, no idea. Anyway, back to what you're supposed to do about right, sibling rivalry. Remember one kid running after the other one with a shoe. And I said to him, stop. He said, Hey, he did it to me first? I said, says now nah, taking the comma. He stops, he thinks for a moment. Okay, it's a new fight. Boom. Okay, he's not taking the comma, he's starting a, starting a new fight. Okay. Um, the stipler writes about this, he writes about large families, and he says, at the end of the day, it's yata the And you need sata the for raising one child as much as you need sata the for raising 12 children. If you, if you either have the sata the you don't have the syanata shmaya. And it's not necessarily the same on any given day. On some days we do, and on some days we don't. On some days we think we don't, we actually do. On some days we think we do, when we're actually making mistakes. But the number doesn't make that much of a difference. Somebody once came into the stipend. This is really an area which I don't want to go into tonight. But he, he said to him, you know, how can he financially take on the the, uh, the all of a large family? And he said to him, and if you had one kid, how do you financially take on the all? It's, it's as did which is said, with the Rebbein, you can fly over the heavens. Without the Rebbeinah Shem, you can't step over the threshold. Um, we, 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 you need Siatah for 12 as well as, as well as for 1. But I think that what's very, very important is that you don't need an awful lot of time for each kid. I think what every kid needs is a moment of recognition from a parent. It just, what's going on in shiva, What's going on with that? He said you had a problem with your seat? Uh, Dvari, everything okay? Yeah? You know, Rezi, whatever it is. Just a good night. Just say each kid's name. Somebody once told me this. It's very, very important, especially when you have a lot of kids at home. People always say to me, how do you have 14 kids? Oops, slipped. Okay. How do you raise 14 kids? I said, well, so we didn't raise them all at the same time. They weren't all born at the same time. That was in Mitzrayim. They had six at one time, you know? We, so you, you kind of train the older ones to work with the younger ones, which, which Baruch Hashem I think we did. You, you take it slowly. But the main thing is that you connect with each child on every given day, really. You know what I, do you wanna hear what my schedule is? You don't need a lot of time. As a matter of fact, sometimes parents overdo it. Just connect. My father, I I hated to sit and learn. I had ADHD, forget it. I have the whole A through Z, the whole Excel sheet, A, 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 B, 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 C, D, D, E, F, 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 G, H, I. I couldn't sit for two seconds. My father used to say five minutes. And I would sit with him for five minutes. And I remember those five minutes. The kid doesn't need more than five minutes. Every single child needs those five minutes. Connect, connect with it, and you'll see. You—that's all that child needs. If yes, child,
0: If the child opens up when you ask him how how it's going, and he starts opening up, and then you realize, oh yeah, yeah, you have to spend some time now to listen to your kid. That, for sure, for sure. That—that's the challenge. And that's the real them.
2: challenge is tomorrow to ask him what's doing and to remember what's happening. And have that's time to listen. Challenge. You have to have time to listen, right? But at least ask, at least sit down, say that good morning, say that good night. I said, make a mental list in your head that you mention the name of every did you mention the name of every single child? In other words, did you have a not just look at your shoes. Can't you walking out? No, I don't mean that. the Sa. I think okay, what's doing? The years I drove today I drive my Bakari Yeshiva every morning. Um, he has rides. And well, otherwise, I would never get to speak to them. And, and, and I only have two left in the house Baruch Hashem, for good reasons. Um, just, just make in your mind, you have to plot that, connect that in the day. Just like you close every button of your shirt, if you're one of those people that closes every button of your shirt, did you talk to every single one of your kids? Even for 10 seconds, kid doesn't need more, there needs to be a connection.
0: Yes. M- many people, when they hear a topic of chinuch, instead of to- on thinking about their kids, they start thinking of the family they grew up in. So, of, of the family where they come from. So, this is a question if do kids that grow up in a large family lose out? If they lose out in love or in attention, if um, they don't get as much as when it's a family of small kids? Is, yeah. yeah.
2: Right. You have to ask that. Uh, you have to ask the kids, really. So it's really not fair for me to ask the question because I had the best of both worlds. Right. I raised a big family and I grew up in, in, in a single family. I, I, I really think that you I, I remember Friday afternoons when things were really hectic in the house. And on top of that, my mother Shalom, came to the house. And, you know, you're dealing sandwich generation in between taking care sometimes of three generations. So I used to take my kids out every single Friday. We would, and I would call it Shabbos Island. We drove up to 7th Avenue. There's this big island. I said, it's Shabbos Island. I decided it was Shabbos Island. And he we sat, we sat there and I told him a story. Then we took the car to the mikveh. We took the car to a car wash. My old astro, which leaked from all sides. So that, that was, that took showers also. And that's besides when the kid opened the door in the middle of the car wash. But it was a thing we did every single Friday and the kids used to look forward to it. And um, they, they'll talk about it today. They'll, they'll, they don't take their kids for car washes. I don't know. But uh, they'll talk about it today. I, I, I really think that there are times, I remember Maid, we went to, uh, we go to the train museum. Remember, there's a train museum in downtown Brooklyn. And I, I once took all my there. And on each car, and they have like this old train, and each, they have like a train from the 1800s, subways, earlier when the subways first started, the earliest subway trains to the next one, then this one long train, it's a nice thing. And I would go, and it's very interesting. I could only go up till the 1900s, because that's when you can't see the advertisements anymore. Before that, you were able to see the advertisements. And on each car, we sat down and I told them a story about a train in that time, Kufa, that, that we did. And they came, like the, 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 the people that managed the station, they were, taking, uh, they were taking videos, what used to be called videos in those days. I Try to be original. Try. try. Is there a time? Just take, it doesn't have to be exotic vacations. You don't have to go to Switzerland. You don't have to climb Mount Everest. Just do something with them. Do something with them. The ava are fascinating. It doesn't help the girl so much. Let the mother do something with the, with the child. But ava sabanam has to be ava I had a kid that once told me he had tears in his eyes. He says, my father my father doesn't even know. He doesn't have time for me. And I said, what, what, what does that mean? Your father? I know your father takes you to ava I, I say stories, but ava sabanams, I see him there. So he says his phone, he's busy with his phone. That was about smartphones. So I once said something to the father. He said, how can my kid say that? He says, I never, ever pick up the phone. Never, ever pick up the phone during, uh, during, dur- during the office of So the kid says to me after, so he doesn't pick up the phone, but every time it rings, he goes, yeah. Okay, so what does Rashi say? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so what does Rashi say? Bzz, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, yes. Yeah, so what does the Gemara say? Oh, yeah, so what? Oh, yes. So what does the positive say? Just close the world. Focus on this child. This is your only child. This is your only child. Just doesn't need a lot of time, needs two seconds, it needs a minute. And, and, and I think you can pick it up from there. Yes.
1: Okay, Schefter, we have some live questions. Let's jump into
2: it. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, don't be scared.
0: <laughs> this is Hi, thank you so much.
2: My um, pleasure. Thank-
0: time rabbi i wanted to know about children that are away from home in yeshiva as far as connecting with them
2: so it's very very important to speak to them, because you want to pick up if something is going wrong but there, whenever my kids were away there always were set times that they would call the kids were in etz they knew they had to call every thursday every friday and i made it my business to pick up that call it didn't make a difference whatever it was and if not i called them right back and it wasn't so easy then but enochrami, it's very not too much, not too much. There's no reason your son has to call you every ten minutes, to let you know what's doing. You know what I mean? I did find my shoes, didn't find my shoes. Um, there has to be that point of independence. But I think once a week or uh, twice a week at, at set given times, very very important that they uh, that they check in and then also that you have some connection with some mashpi over there, in 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 some way. Even when my kids went there to Israel, which is a whole different parasha, I I some I was. Now these kind of have it built in, but sometimes I hired a Yingaman Namish that uh he was my contact guy. I gave him a couple of dollars a month and I said to him, What's doing? But th- th- sure there has to be some type of hands on, and at the same time, you have to like relinquish control. It's tricky, but life is tricky. Okay,
1: let's go to the next live one. Okay, you're on.
2: Give
0: it a hi yeah Hi. okay so i have a question um first of all as a mother of a large family of different ages how does one connect to each child on a more meaningful level not just noticing the child but like to really really connect on a deeper level
2: right, right.
0: And also how do we create a culture of connectedness all together as far as like siblings being connected to one another and just like
2: Having the family work as a team. Right, right. So once said that when a kid cries about his uh, little paper boat, that that's the same as the big multi-billionaire that's crying about his ocean liner ocean liner. it's all the same thing. I think the way to connect to a child is to put yourself into the shoes of the child. Um, don't don't you know, there's a, there's this marshal. I once heard it. It's, it's, it's a great story where somebody, uh, a teller working in a bank, goes over to the officer and says, uh, can I talk to you for a minute? And the officer sitting by the desk says, I am missing $35,000. I'm being audited right now. I don't want to hear about your problems over there. Go back behind the cage. And this officer says, "I'm missing this thirty-five thousand dollars, so he doesn't stim. And he calls the branch manager, and the branch manager's got a call that who knows that the entire bank is under investigation. He says, "I'm missing," and the branch manager says, "I don't want to hear your problems now. Okay, goodbye. You realize what I'm going through." And the branch manager is really in trouble. The bank is under investigation, so he's calling the president of the branch. We know the president of the branch just find out, just found out that he has to, you know, addaf plate to Puerto Rico, and he says, "Don't bother me now. I don't want to hear your now. You know what I'm going through." Right, So really, everyone's problem, from the, 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 the little kid that cannot find his socks that's crying, to President Trump, not trying to prove to the people in Georgia that he really won the election. Klapposhmai and it's all the same. When you're talking to someone, you have to put, your, put yourself into the heart of that problem. And when a little kid comes and cries and says, you know, that, uh, that the bath is too cold or the bath is too hot or he doesn't have his pillow, doesn't have his blanket. You know, natural reaction is, I wish that was my problem, right? I think just to, just to have a feel for it, to really feel, ay, ay, I wish you had the blanket. I wish, I wish. Let me see what we could do. You know what? Let mommy be your blanket. Come, come here. And then you have to continue to do that on, on every single age level. So you're going to say, how do I, I'm not so multi-talented. I can't multitask to understand the two-year-old's needs and the five-year-old's needs and the 10-year-old needs. And the answer is, read the child follow the child. The child is telling you what's bothering him. He may or may not be justified. So you validate the child's feeling and try to work with it. But I think just to, to feel, to feel the child and not to negate and say, that's what you're worried about. I think once there's a certain connection and there's where it is. How, how to get families to work as a team is the trillion dollar question. Um, you can try and try. It doesn't always work. I think it's, you have to, you spending time with them Um, doing joint projects. I think also um, working together. In other words, discussing in a good way, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, Um, talking to one child about the other child. You know, Esti seems so sad. Akhani seems so sad. Moishi seems so sad. Why? What can we do about it? Like, try to make the other children part of the solution of the other child. And slowly, I think that there's a little bit of a merge that begins to happen. Um, that we could try, that we hope can try, and
1: so on. This question was actually submitted. I know the person, they have quads, but uh, let's just talk about people without quads. Yes. Uh, people that have twins, which is, you know, it's in the case some people who are very close in age also. When it comes to twins or more, does Rabbi Shechter recommend that they not be in the same class? If there ever a time when there's been beneficial to keep siblings together? and Okay, so that's question A. Part B, the question is when, when there is no option to split them up in a class, any other ideas
2: you can give? Right. Conventional reasoning is that they should not be in the same class. That's not always easy, particularly if a, if a Moisin has an olive class and a baseline and both kids are olives, so, of course, all your kids are olives. But both kids are different kinds of olives and or both or one is not on the same level. It doesn't always work out. Um, sometimes it may be an idea to have them in, in different schools. I have had both have had twins over the years. One of one class, one of the other class it was kind of a competition. It was almost fun. And before Purim, if there were identical twins, yes, we arra- I arranged before them. They switch, switch classes. See, it was always good to me to suggest it before they do it on their own. It's always good to hop that ice. And then I've had twins together in the same classes. It was not the end of the world. It's really not the end of the world. Um, it's, it's, it's just very important, as it is with all kids, not to play one kid over the other. Never compliment a kid in front of the other kid. And never try to compare and say, why can't you be like Ari? Tell me that. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. He's not going to be like Ari. It's not good for Ari. It's not good for the kid that you're talking to. The problem starts when one is talking better than the other. And it's, they see it. They feel it. Right, right. So it, it is what it is. And the parent has to make it very clear that, you know, in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, mayna dafim, Elisha, doesn't count how many pages we learn. He counts how many hours. Ashri Khan. Fortune is the person that comes up here, and his Talmud is in his hands. What does it mean in his hands? I should say, what does it mean? I remember once when I was in a camp, I was assistant learning director. There was this kid that was like, he was, he was going nuts. He was turning over tables. He was kind of just grabbing him, and I brought him to the Manal, and he said, well, that's one shot of a Talmud. Okay, but um, Talmud means that we're judged by, by how much we're trying, and you have to say that a trillion times over. And if you're sitting by the table, and Chana, don't let one kid get up and say "excuse and in and Rebbe Kiva going to have the other one, uh, you know, huh? What could you do? Be careful, even if that's not what you're doing. It's 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 very very important. And um, to, to explain to a child, kid has a better head. a Kid has a shvach. still judges us for what we're trying, and I'm also judging you for what you're trying. And don't hang up as hundred. Don't you don't have to. He'll come into places that the hundreds are hung up all over the, the room. Right, the two udei are hung up all over the room. That's very good. If it doesn't, doesn't represent a problem for a different kid, it's not worth it's not worth hanging up one kid's hundred at the pain of a different kid. Then acknowledge that hundred and kiss the kid on the forehead, not in the presence of the other kid. It's something you have to be constantly aware of. I remember I had a kid in the eighth grade. He was a zisa kid. It wasn't Gamera was very hard for him. And I uh, had this program, he said, over at Dvartirah, by, by, by the Shabbos table, he couldn't get it. So once I said to him, you know what? Why don't you tell your father a story? Why don't you say this story? And the father came in screaming. He goes, a story? A story? My of girls are saying over Rambans and Kliokars, and my son says a story. And I said, you said that by the Shabbos table? Of course I said it to him. That's why you bring me a story? And I said, yeah. Tell you one story that's going to happen now. You could have just killed your son. Don't. Don't compare children. Don't. And one is better, one is the other. But Then they, they, they for, for sure there's more of a reason they should not be in the same place or even in the same yeshiva. But again, praise the good one, Achmaya Shemai, but only not when the other one is there. And emphasize to the other one that you, you know, it's it's amazing how much you're trying. I'll I'll tell you, if you look at the successes in life, I always say it. When it comes to shidduchim, I say it as well. Not the kids that got the hundreds that became the big successes. Not the kids that got the 50s that were the failures. Not the kids that had a good attitude. I'm trying. They're the ones that had the shalom bayis. They're the ones that raised successful families. They're, and that's really what uh, I think you can convey that. You can try to give it over. You're
0: muted. Asher.
1: An email just came in. I'll read it if you want to answer it. We, are parents, are supposed to internalize the concept of Hanakhla and Arapidarka. How can we deal with schools who have a strict policy on siblings needing to perform to attend the same school as their siblings?
2: Right. Yeah. A school has to do what they have to do, and a uh, parent has to do what they have to do. This is a constant problem. It's a constant problem. I'll give you a mushroom. I'm not talking about specific schools, OK? But you have a, you have a, a, a masifta, which is always a problem. Boys getting into masiftas is, is huge. It's a huge problem. I don't want to go there. That's, that should be a separate share tonight. I don't want to go there because that's a hot button. It's really tough. An eighth grader that's a good kid, you know. There's no Yerushalmi issues. Not learning has trouble getting into a Masifta. That's that's it's it's a huge uh, threshold he has to get over in life to go on. But put yourself from a yeshiva's position, and the parent comes into you and says, "Listen, my kid is a Shvachik kid. I want you to take him." We say, "I'm sorry, he's not for us." And he cries and begs, and the mother starts crying, and the principal feels really bad and says, "Fine, I'll take him." And you take him and you work with him and you you work extra hard with him. And then the next kid is a super mitzian. But uh, the parent's are not going to send that kid here, right? Because he can get a better yeshiva for that. How does the yeshiva feel in the circumstances? On the other hand, a parent says, look, I have to do what's best for my kid. I got my kid into the yeshiva that was best for him, and I got the second kid. So the, the, the yeshiva's interests and the parents' interests are not necessarily the same. It doesn't mean that either of them are wrong. And of course, the yeshiva has to care ultimately for the kid. But the yeshiva also has to survive. I think a parent has to do what's best for their kid. A parent has to do what's best for their kid. But, uh, it, you know... It, then you have to sit down and make a husband. Do you sacrifice one kid for another, right? Do I send my real good kid to, to a bay's Shiva instead of an alvi shiva because I have to get my gimel kid into the bay's Shiva? That's a question for a rav. I, I don't know. Don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is.
1: Okay, let's go to another live question. We're getting a lot of questions and let's try to go through them. Okay. She's on.
2: Yeah. Hi,
0: how are you? First of all, I just wanted to say thank you we all. We grew up on your CDs, and
2: we love them all. So. Yeah, Okay. Thank <laughs> you very successful. much. Yeah. Um, okay. I have three little kids at home, so it's, it's different. I guess different needs. You have loads of nachas from all of them. Um, Amen. I Amen. Thank you. Yeah. So, kind of al right? Like, each kid has their own needs. And then sometimes one kid needs, like, a lighter hand, or, you know, one kid needs the strict needs the more rigid than another. That right. can cause jealousy a little bit, Right. Right. It's right. seeing another kid getting away with something more than someone else. So it's a kar Sometimes kids understand that one kid has to get away with it a little bit more than the other one. I, 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 sometimes in class, right, you have a kid that can't sit. Can't sit. He just can't sit. He can't. And he plots us out. And you have to give him more leeway. And people say, well, how can I give him more leeway? What are the other kids going to say? Kids, after a while, are very smart. They understand that this kid needs a little bit more leeway. Sometimes you can explain to a child and mommy's doing her best with each and every one of you. But it's not fair, how come Rifki doesn't have to? Rifki has different things that you have to. Sometimes a kid can understand it, sometimes a kid can't. Um, We still have to give every kid what what they need. If you can try not to do it in front of the kid, you can, but there are times it becomes totally totally impossible. And uh, I think what you could do for the kid is, listen, let me tell you what, what I do special for you that Rifki doesn't have, okay? And every kid gets something a little bit special in this house. So you tell me, what would you like special? And and try to compensate along those lines, along those feelings. Okay. But again, that's, that's, the Epsh doesn't give us, you know, Kodosh Baruch Hu does not do copy and paste when he sends us kids. He sends us, he sends us different neshamaes that mean completely different things in their life and in, and, and in their world. And, because if two kids were exactly the same, Kodosh Baruch doesn't, he doesn't make spare tires. None of us are the same. Bey Siren says there are no two people in this world that could do the same thing. that do exactly the, You can do something that nobody else in the world can. It's a nice thing to say to kids. You can do something that nobody else in the world can. How do I know that? Because you're here. Because the does not create spirit tires, it doesn't create spirit things that are extra. But yeah, it's tough. And sometimes you have to, you know, there's the Chenechlin Arpi Darkai. And the, whoever said Chenechlin Arpi Darkai, also knew that uh, we're going to have more than one child. I guess there's a way to do it.
1: Rishak, somebody send in a question also now? What happens when you have the unconsol- unconsolable child? That means no matter how much tension you give them, how much time you give them, they just feel it's like, it's like, a, it's like a pit that doesn't fill.
2: Right. So at one point, you just have to make up, I'm going to do, this is what I find. I have, I'm talking about in terms of in, in, in the classroom and also sometimes at home for children. Again, if the child is going through a particularly difficult experience for whatever reason, you may have to give it. Some children are, are cling to you. They demand more and more time just set your watch and make up in your mind how much time you're going to give to that kid and stick to it. And afterwards say, mommy has, mommy has to take care of something else now or else you're going to fall apart. There has to be a limit to how much you can do. But I think set your watch beforehand and say, I'm giving this kid 15 minutes. I'm giving this kid 20 minutes. I'm giving this kid 10 minutes. Set, set, set it beforehand. You know, people call you sometimes set. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And I think that if you make up and you, yeah, and, and, don't get frustrated when the kid says, you know, it's not fair. You never even talk to me. He just spent an hour talking to the kid. In his mind, you, you didn't reach that Nakuda yet. Don't be angry at the kid. That's what the kid feels like. But if you made up in your mind that you're giving the kid 45 minutes a day, stick to those 45 minutes. Stick to him. Don't worry so much about what he says. Do what you have to do. Yes.
1: Okay, Shek, the next question. is a little bit of a financial question, but it's, uh, it's a big roughness question. We got a few. Finances.
2: Oh, I came to the right person, yes
1: how do you juggle impossible finances in a large family where are making a good salary even
2: sometimes once told, I, to I just once told somebody I said i want to hear if you das teure. i said i don't have das teurer he says do you have das balabas i said let me check my checking account <laughs> no i don't go ahead yes
1: have a large, people have large mishpachas even yes. though not super large mishpachas but even one 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 spouse working sometimes even both and they're just not making it what what yeah. type of chizik, or what's the concept like when somebody like we said a little bit before we touched on it is nervous to have more kids you know it's so
2: expensive. Tuitions, this. Okay, so the the issue of having more kids. Um, again, I don't want to go there because that's a question for a rav. And you have to have a rav, you have to have a mashgiach, you have to have a shiva, you have to have a, a, a mashpia, And if you say, you can't just find one of the yellow pages, by the way. You have to set yourself up culturally where, where you have one. Um, think where you daven. You're davening in a shul. I to tell you, I, 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 I've seen kids over 30 years in the eighth grade, I could tell where they daven. I could tell if they daven in a shul where there's a rav, that the rav is a rav, or that you know, that when it rains, they in a one shul, and when it's when it's when it's uh, you know, when the kogel is there, they in a different shul. If you wake up nine, you down here. They're, they're, it's you set yourself up in a situation where you have someone to ask. But I just is just general. Of course, it doesn't apply to to individuals. And, and by the way, the most serious shaila that rav is going to get from you is going to be at what point, right? How large should my family be? But that's that's a level, both and halachically that you have to deal that you have to deal with it and you have to be realistic on all fronts. It's not a question you can ask on the telephone. It's it's you you have to sit down face to face and have that answer. In terms of finances, so the Stipler writes that he says, look at those people that have one kid. they're, they're, they're struggling. I you know I I, I really I, I travel around and I could see you well know, we only have two children and we can't even pay their tuition. So how could how could you? You know we're not making it. How do you manage with 14 kids? Well, if you're not making it anyway, you may as well have the 14, right? It it, it You need siyata Deshmaya for everything. You need siyata for the one. You need siyata d'shemaya for the two. You need siyata d'shemaya for the three. When I look back at how I did it during difficult times, um, financial times, I have no clue. I have no clue. But you have to prioritize what's important to you, what's not. Somehow the Rebbeinu gives us the siyata Deshmaya and it, it's 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 there.
0: Yes. I want to take it a different, um, logically, we discussed till now, how to give every kid what they need and give them time. Sometimes, especially with big families, sometimes it could be really overwhelming and um, stressful. We're taking care and sometimes the spouses are not on the same page, and each kid, there's so much going on, there's a lot of stress. So what is the key to staying sane and being loving and attentive? of parents and spouse when sometimes it can be very overwhelming right
2: i i, I think that every parent has to make themselves time whether they're taking a break it could be 10 minutes a day going you know and have your, your your time you're not it's, it's a good idea for anybody to do okay and then i'll show up three jobs and put it running to get my kids on the bus and off the bus just schedule into your day as busy as you are and just like you have to make the dentist appointment and you have to make this appointment you have to make the doctor's appointment you have to this and you have to you have to get to you boss i have to have 15 minutes a day that i walk into a room and i close the door and i close my phone and i sit down and i sip a coffee and i read something and take a deep breath it really changes it, it doesn't have to be again you don't necessarily have to fly off to florida or to the swiss alps you can do it in your own bedroom you do it in your own house. But plan into the day just a moment of Kirban okay, Eshalayim, it's between you and me. You know what I mean? Just, just, just think, take a deep breath. And I remember in yeshiva, two bacharim talking, one of them said to the other, like, how do you know there's a bunch of them on the world? And this boy said, I just spoke to him. What do you mean? How do I know there's It's right here. Just, Just take a few moments and really take a break. You need five minutes of quiet and spouses have to try to understand that. And again, and so that's another, you know, tough topic. But um, over the years I've spoken to kids, you have no idea what it does to a kid when the father and mother are screaming at each other or not respecting each other. And it, the, the, the kid thinks the worst right away. He thinks that uh, because he knows somebody else, you know, their family break up. the kid goes through nightmares. It is probably the most destabilizing factor in a child's life if he sees a lack of respect between the, the father and the mother. And if the husband says, my wife screams, she screams, she yells all the time is she has to stop yelling. Would you stop yelling? You don't scream at your wife. You should stop yelling in front of the kids. And the same is true for the wife to the husband or whatever the case may be. There has to be in front of the children, there has to be nothing but mutual respect. And sometimes a person feels, but "What my wife is doing to the kid, I have to defend the kid. You have to be a little bit shleim hamelach. You have to... Deal with it privately. Not, not in front of the kid. Don't take the side. Lo kids that are ping pong balls in a, in a Shalom bayah situation where the parents are separated. I'm not even getting there. But I'm talking about where the parents are together. And, and you know, you, you want to, and sometimes we have a Yetzirah, I think men have this more than women sometimes, trying to win over the kid. Try to win over the kid. The kid wants something, the kid wants something, and the mother says, no, you can't have it. And the father says, Shh, I'll get it for you, you know? You're not, you're, you're not accomplishing anything. You can discuss it with your wife. You can make a mental note that in a week from now, you're going to buy your son something to try to make up maybe for what you think your wife wasn't justified with the other way around. But don't do it right there and then because you're doing much more damage to the child than, than, than you're doing bracha. As, as, as pressurized as things get, there has to be a sense of mutual of, of mutual respects. You know that the man that came to the stipler and said, what should I do? My wife, she, she can't manage, she can't manage, I can't take it, I don't know where to turn to. So the stipler said, turn to the broom closet to take out a broom, what do you mean where to turn to? Uh, it's, it's, it's true on many, many different levels. The stipler does not need my haskama, by the way. It's true on many, many different levels. Um, if, if, if it's pressurized at home and you feel that your spouse is not handling it correctly, take that on privately with your spouse. But in front of the kids, as much as, much as it's possible, every you know, is a chutzman, a call a parent does, does something so crazy, you have to stop it, I'm not saying. But generally speaking, that there's mutual respect between parents, and even if your spouse said something to you, well, my spouse started, right? you know what my spouse said to me. You can't handle this, would you stop screaming or yelling? So what are you, oh, I'm screaming or yelling, what are you, right? Normally it starts going back, and then you start doing chazar Sashir from all the things that your spouse did wrong from the yichud room, not in front of the kids. Not in front of the kids, take the punch. It's the biggest mysterious navish that you could have for your child. And when you see that a spouse is in a difficult situation, is not handling it. So come back and handle it. Somebody once said, I'm just using the muscle from husband-wife, wife, husband can be either way. You know, my wife, she can't handle it. I can handle problems. I can handle anything. My wife cannot handle she go crazy and every small thing, she starts screaming. I said, You can handle everything. Yes, yeah, so why can't you handle your wife? So I said you can't handle everything. You just said you can handle everything. So learn how to handle it. Learn how to calm her down. And sometimes that same wife will come and say the same thing about her husband. It's just that was his perception of it. But this uh, Nakuda for, for children, that the shalombayas for children, is just beyond imagination. The story that I've said a lot the, uh, somebody once came home in Romania, heard the story from the old school Rebbe Zechert Tzadik Lavracha, that um, a man came and said he came home, and he saw his wife saying Kriyash Malamita with the children. She went like this. I don't think means niggin was around in Romania, but whatever she used. Mikhail, stop. She said stop. And then she went like this. Ra Ra you. How are you teaching the Malchagayo? You know what you're saying? You're saying Ra Evil should affect my child. My mother said it with me this way. And <laughs> now he understands, right? You know? So they went, they went, they went, they came into the Rebbe, and he was, he she doesn't stop, he's gonna divorce her. And she's screaming, No, my mother said it this way, and me." And the and the old school and Rebbe said to her, Mamala, continue saying Rayuvarechanar. Continue saying So she walked out, she goes, see, that's how you're supposed to say it. That's not what the Rebbe said. She walks out and he goes, Rebbe, you know, you want to make Shalom bias, that's one thing. Not at the expense of my children. My wife should curse my children. I say Raivarcha So the rabbi said, no, no, I really mean she should say Because the Gemara says when a person comes home from Shul Friday night, two malachim accompany him a good malach and a bad malach. And if the if there's uh, if the house is screaming and yelling and you come in, well, how many times do I say this table's supposed to be set for Shabbos? Where are those khalas? Right? That's how you come in, everyone's screaming and yelling. The Malach ras says, aha, rots and And the good Malach has to answer Amen. And if you come in and there's a house that's shalom Friday night, especially if there's a serious where Shalom, the Arizal says that's Murdach and Shemaya, then uh, the good Malach says Hirots May Hashem help next week as well. And the bad malach has to answer, Amen. So, Chet, look, let's
1: get into more detailed questions over here. Some more crisis right.
2: questions. So, right. so ra yivorech has an anorem. You know what I mean? Even the, You should have the kind of house, but even the bad malach has to answer, has to answer, Amen. Yes. Okay. So, until now, that we're, Okay, now we're getting to the real questions you're saying. So, right, you're right. Right. Okay. I, just, I just thought of a word. Yes. I heard
1: from Leo. It's a, yes. so somebody asked him once. He only had a few kids, and he didn't want to have more kids. He said, what does it mean, it's not based on how many kids. You could have one kid and have the same peckle, or you could have ten kids. It's divided up. Right, right, right. right.
2: There, good go, birth. there we go. Yes, yes. My son
1: is 20 years old. He came back from an out-of-the-country out of Shiva before COVID. Since he returned, he's been unmotivated, sleeps till 1pm, but he's really a great boy. How can I, just two questions, how could I, as the father point of view and the mother point of view, help him and get him back on track to his old happy functioning self.
2: Ah, there's a vaccine. What's the problem? No? Not as simple as that, right? Not gonna be as simple as that. Um COVID- A lot of
1: kids, I'm gonna globalize the question. A lot of kids, the COVID, whether they were in Yeshiva, or they were out of town, they came back, it, it shook shook up their stability, it shook up you know for months. So now they can't now they're like out of it and they're not they're not back into that groove. So it's, father it's, point it's, of view, what can you do for your son? And a mother point of view.
2: It's a huge, huge problem. And once kids have seen that they can be out of yeshiva, especially Bachram. Um, that weren't doing very well in yeshiva, were struggling in yeshiva, and so that you can go a couple of months without being in yeshiva, to push them back into a system that was, the to them is, is, is a huge, huge problem. I don't want to, in any way, uh, under undervalue, uh what the problem is. Um, it's very interesting. I, I, I noticed by us in yeshiva, when the rabbis were teaching on the phone, so for some kids it was a disaster, yet there were some kids that didn't do well in class and did much better on the phone kids that couldn't sit, the kids that weren't, that always that, that had discipline issues because it doesn't work for them to sit five hours in a classroom. The fact that they could walk back and forth and listen on the phone helped them a lot. So the Rav Hashem has His plan. So who does COVID took a big, takes a big toll on all of us in ways that we, you know, we can't possibly understand. And we have to realize COVID did not take a Kaddish Baruch Hu by surprise. It's part of the plan of the world. And we have to just, we, we know that the Rav Hashem knows what he's doing. In terms of that teenager that doesn't want to get up in the morning. Okay. So I once heard a, a question and answer with Rosh Tehrman, and a father said to his, uh, a, a father asked this question, he says he wants to a v'sikin, and his kid doesn't want to get up v'sikin. What should you do? So he said, because you have a chumra v'sikin, why are you sleeping? your bacham get up v'sikin? What, what, what right do you have to put your chumra on him? So he says, let him go daven at 9 o'clock. He says, yeah, but who's there to watch him by davening then? So Shtayman says, so you daven seek and finish davening. You know what I mean? Instead of going home to go to sleep, they go now go sit with your bracha at nine o'clock and watch him daven. And those, you continue on. But there's one thing Rosh Shtayman says which I think is an extremely important, insight, especially as it relates to your question. Um, he says, my bracha doesn't, doesn't want to wake up for his man kriyashma. What's my chris? So Rosh said, wake him up and say it's his man kriyashma. Says, man kriyashma in 10 minutes. And if he doesn't wake up, if he doesn't wake up, leave him alone. I'm not saying you're saying and said that. You did, you did your Christ. That's how he passed it. But he's not waking up and says, My Kriyashma. Right? So turn over the mattress, scream and yell at him. You may get him to say Kriyashma today. He may not say Kriyashma for the next 20 years. So obviously, you know, if the kid is in a rut, it happens. Deal gently. Gently, give a nod, pull back. Gently give a nod, pull back Don't, you, you cannot take him and force him back into the into the situation yes rebusher
1: yeah I'm gonna take I'm gonna do one more question then I have a bunch of live ones also let's get to it yeah so, I ask a question the, the, they have married children and they have still single children how do I balance the needs of the married kids and the needs of the single kids
2: when they and has, to- and throw up and throw a, a schwer and a Schwgger and, and grandparents and top of that right in the clock right 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 um again the vice you know does it um you'll notice sometimes when you have uh your younger children are there and they feel the married children come home for chavez and they become the you know automatic babysitters and they become the automatic uh things So you say to them look you know they, they were growing up with six kids in the house, seven kids in the house, or five kids in one room. And you're growing up with one kid in a room, and the B'an gives and takes. And he knows exactly He knows exactly where we are. Um, Married children need uh, parental attention up until a certain point. Too much, you're destroying their marriages. Too little, you're leaving them high and dry. You need a lot of deshmaya to know until when that your ear is there for them and you're there. Um, I, I think part of it is with the kids at home, is sit down with them and say, um, you know, uh, Shlomi and his wife want to come for Shabbos. Rifki and his and her husband want to come for Shabbos. Chaim, just picking names out of the hat. To kind of discuss it with the younger kids. Where, where can we put them? Make them part of the planning, so they don't feel like uh, more or less that they're they're out of it. Discuss with them. You know, wh- what do you think about the dress that uh, this anical was wearing? I think bring bring your kids into the fold a little bit, and make it kind of uh, make it kind of part of them. But uh, technically speaking, I guess halachically your kids that are your kids that are at home and the same do do it the same way as well. Sometimes you can go to the married kids and say, you know, what do you think the, the right school is for uh, for so and so, so and so? Just try to make everyone try to keep the umbrella over the entire family somehow a little bit, I guess. And okay, next live question, Bracha Yes. All right, wanted to ask Rav to please. Um, what is the role of grandparents who want to be involved in the lives of their grandchildren, but they still want to respect the boundaries of their children? Right, right. So, my, uh, but where I, the uh, he always says to the grandparent, Hashem should help you, you should be to help just the right amount. Because it's an excellent question. It's a really, really an excellent question. Um, grandparents should be the fanachas. I don't think grandparents should be there for discipline. Again, there are exceptions to every rule, depending on what the situations are. Sometimes the grandparent has to step in and be the parent, v'shalom. but we hope that that's not the case. The grandparents should be the fanachas. Grandparents should be there. It's good for kids to say, well, you know, call Zaidiya, tell them you got, you know, your Rebbe said that today, wow, he didn't have to throw you out, or your Rebbe got the you on the test, whatever the positive thing is. Um, the role for grandparents is to take an interest. And the role of grandparents is to be extremely, extremely careful uh, when it comes to guidance. It's very, very difficult for a um, daughter or daughter-in-law, son or son-in-law to take guidance on chinuch unless they come to ask you what to do. Otherwise, usually it backfires and even though your feeling is oh yeah 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 i can't believe what they're doing i can't believe what they're doing i can't believe how they're handling khayem and maysala and devira and rifkala and uh you know Chana, whatever it just just it, it usually doesn't help i i i know it. again every clown has a exception to the rule and there are times the grandparent has to intervene by all means be there for support the role of the grandparents is to share nachas role of the grandparents is to be there for support be there for Hanukkah presence and let the parent know that you know I'm I'm willing to help tell me what I can do to help out and sometimes when when the more you say uh, the more the child gets the feeling that the grandparent is there to help out as opposed to instruct it gives you an opportunity to really give meaningful advice but you have to come from that angle that's what I think
0: what should someone do if uh, their husband is not well? And this is a question: My husband is not well, and my kids don't really know the severity of the situation. One of my boys shut down and doesn't talk much. He has no interest in anything at home or in school. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get him to talk, but he doesn't talk. What's a Eitzer for such a child?
2: Right, the Eibusha, love eating. Yeah, I. Um, this is a big question, how much should children know about the medical situation of a parent or the threat to a parent? Um, I can tell you that I've heard from grown-ups that are deep in pain, that they didn't know what was going on with their parent, even though it was well, well intended that they should be sheltered from the up and down of the tsar, but they felt like all of a sudden when the worst news hit them, they weren't ready for it. I, I Again, you need a rav, you need guidance. Um, I'm not saying you have to share every little up and down with the child, but I think that generally you have to spin it as positively as possible. You also have to be realistic with the child. You also have to be, kids can handle a lot more. They can't handle being kept in the dark. And they don't know, if, they have to leave it up to their own imagination what, what's going to happen, and that's a lot worse. To be open with the child is the situation. You can make it a little better than it is, and if you make it a little better, it'll be better, but uh, I, I, there has to be, it's not good to keep kids totally in the dark. I think that then they're left with their imagination, their imagination. But, you know, tell them, share with them stories of, you know, that there's a difficult situation with Tati, but you should know so-and-so had the same thing of Baruch Hashem, he recovered, and so-and-so had he recovered. And don't, don't unless you have Ruach HaKadosh, you know for sure it's that way. Be hopeful, be hopeful, be hopeful, and, and, and constant. The message has to be a message of hope. And on the other hand, it has to be a sense of, we have to in together. Kid should also not feel that it's his responsibility. You know, there should be a schuss for Tati to get better. It should be a schuss for mommy to get better. And then the kid feels, oh, it didn't work out. I must have not davened good enough. Be careful over there. Kids shouldn't fall into that thing and say that, uh, you, you know, let, let, let's try to do things. I, I, I don't know if the children are the ones to do things in the schools of their parents. That's what everyone else should do. Child should be positive. The child should try to be good. Let's try to give uh, um, Tati nachas and mommy nachas and, and, and that alone is going to, is going to bring about a refusal. So to be generally positive, even more positive, perhaps than the reality is, but not to keep kids totally in dark.
0: Should we push the child to therapy?
2: Of course, of course. That's the child. Kids need to talk. Kids need to talk, but uh, they have to find the right therapist also, right? Um, not every kid matches up with every therapist. That's the way it is. The therapist could be a fantastic, fantastic therapist, but this, whatever it is, it could be, it could be that just the kid at that moment wasn't ready for therapy. But uh, for sure, kids should have someone to talk to. These kids should have someone to talk to. There are a lot of good organizations out there that are doing a lot now, a lot of focus on siblings of, uh, I don't want to stop mentioning organizations on this side and others, but there's a lot of organizations out there that are giving time for siblings of children that aren't well, because they sometimes get, uh, I don't want to use the word neglected, but it's just a, a short tablecloth. You know, the parents can only do so much. But, uh, yeah, to get a child to open up is extremely important. And on the other hand, to represent his privacy, to tell him, I want you to talk and express your feelings when you're ready. When you're ready. Don't, don't force him to. Yehuda. What do you tell a kid
1: that knows how to find an answer for why he's always right? Talented, smart kid. He's not so old, but he's constantly right.
2: I remember I had a kid in my class, and I said to him, you always have to get the last word, right? He said, it's not true. And the kids were laughing. And I said, w- w- and in any conversation, unless you get the last word, it's not good, right? No, no, it's not true. You always make up things about me. And, and the kids were laughing. It didn't know what the kids were laughing about. Um, the kid thinks he's always right. Okay. So tell him, you know what? I know you think you're right. But I, 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 and, and it could be, in Chachma, um, in else what you see over here, you think you're right. but Because I'm older than you and I saw more than you, so I can tell you you're right for now. Give him, him, validate his feelings, but in the long term, it's not gonna be good for you. So you're gonna have to trust me. It may or may not work the first time, but they keep hammering on it. And I think eventually it'll happen. Don't argue with you, don't lower yourself to the ground. No, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. Why are you saying you're right? That's not gonna work. You're right, you're talking right. But, but, but I know more things than you do. I've been around longer than you are. That's that, that, that's the angle, I would say. Thank
1: you. Okay, Rabbi Schechter. Yes. The person asked about tits, but I want to ask a more global question. What to do when you have uh, older bach of 15, 16, 17 years old, and you see them not wearing tits, you see them missing tefillin, you see them being nizer in mitzvahs. What should be the proper approach, concept for the parent?
2: Um, it's really a double it, it, it depends if there are other kids in, in the house and you're scared it's going to have a, a rush on the other kids that's, that's always difficult that creates a very very serious problem the issue of kids at risk staying at home, not staying at home but you're, you're going before that you're going with the kid missed the day of film okay? so I'll tell you what not to do don't say you didn't put on film yesterday, I know it you don't always have to see everything. You don't have to acknowledge, you didn't have Marv last night. No, I did. Don't, I can prove to you you didn't. What are you accomplishing? Why do you want to be right? And when you prove to the kid that he didn't have Marv, so he established the precedent that he didn't have Marv. If he thinks that you think that he did not have Marv, so at least now he knows he's not going to, he's going to try to not put himself in a situation where he clearly doesn't have Um You don't have to see everything. Kids are entitled to ups and downs, and you have to kind of guide them through it. Where it is, slowly, um, tell him, look, you know, I, I, I've i had it sometimes with parents, and I say, look, explain to the kid, as much as this hurts me to say it, but I'm, I'm gonna say, I understand you, the mitzvah of tzvillin and midst of davening are really two separate mitzvahs. We put on our tzvillin when we daven, But if you weren't up to davening yet, just you, even if you put on your tzvillin for, for, for five seconds, you yet to the midst of filling. and try to pick them up from the, try to stress the positive aspect of it and pick it up from there and, and lift sure. it
1: i want to put a little twist on the question because a few people are texting me. What happens when it's more of a tzitzit issue, but it's a sensory issue? They can't wear tzitzit because they're super sensitive and they just stop wearing it. The three four people texted me. Sensitive
2: to what? Sensitive to what?
1: the way it feels. Know you know what, I mean? what about a sensory kid who just can't tolerate? You can't tolerate wearing tzitzit. It's not a kefir thing. They just, they just can't tolerate
2: it. Right. So how's about if you go with him to the store and say you pick your pair of tzitzit? Which one? So we will mock but to wear wool and tzitzis. Okay, you know what? Wear cotton sits. Want to wear your woolen and tzitzis over your shirt? How's that? Uh, maybe that's easier. Work, work with the child. Validate the child's feelings. And explain, explain the situation. Really, tzitzes is a mitzvah, a say. That if you have Dalit compass, you have to wear sits. But technically speaking, if you don't have Dalit compass, you don't have to wear sits But, but, sits is a shmira. Why would, why would we not want to walk out without our bulletproof vest? Why would you want to walk out without being protected in a stick away? And when, I always say it to my kids and they love it when I use this muscle. And you don't want to, you don't want to use the martial muscles to kids. But like, you know, you know, sometimes you'll come home and you'll say, Ma, Ma is it okay if I come home late? Oh, uh, yeah. Ma, is it okay if I don't take out the garbage? Yeah, it's okay. And then one day you walk in and you blotched up the whole floor with the mud from outside and you say, no garbage, no this, no that, look what you did. Right, sorry, just screaming too loud. He says, "Right, all of a sudden your mother's angry, and all those things that you did, because um, Baruch really technically tells us we don't have to wear tzitzis unless we have Dalakamfis. But when he's angry at us, the Gemara says during a shas hazam we get hit for tzitzis. Also, um, you know, it's 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 a shmirah on us. That's all. I want you to have that shmirah. I would hate for you to go out without that shmirah. Deal with it slowly. Don't force it. Don't force the tzitzis on him. It's not going to work. Yes."
0: my almost five-year-old son is very aggressive and hyper he's hitting a lot and just really tests tries i have him in occupational therapy so i can learn how to raise him without destroying him by, patch- by patching him or screaming i try to stay calm but he literally doesn't stop any words of advice,
2: please ah golden advice yes so if you think I can pull something out of my drawer and wave it and say, ah, your kid's going to turn into a little malach. He's going to get wings and fly over. No. But I will tell you, when I started teaching, I had a difficult time. And someone gave me a great book. It's called The Broken Record. Have you ever heard of it? But I'll tell you the quick mahalach. I won't read you the whole book. Okay. I, w- I want to create two scenarios when you speak to a kid. Try to try to follow through on this. And i will be a little graphic. And in, in a good way. Don't worry. Um, Shlaimi, go to sleep, please. I said, go to sleep. Did you say no? Did you say no to mommy? Did you say no to t- I said, go to sleep right now. If you don't go to sleep right now, I am telling you. And here it comes. There's a rule when it comes to Chinach. This ain't anshin elim k mazirin. Ain't nazirin elim ken Once you give out a threat, you have to hold the threat. So be careful what the threat is. Don't tell the kid, you're not going to have supper over the next 30 years, because you're not going to be able to keep that threat. You will not go to Shloy Mishchassana. You will not go to... You know he has to go to Shloy Mishchassana. You not even have a babysitter. for Don't threaten. Don't threaten. Okay? Kids, okay, it's something you can't threaten. But I want, I, want, I want you to play out this scenario. I'm going to do it not with a parent, but with a Rebbe in the classroom. Yaakov, walk out. Walk out, please. Yaakov, walk out, please. No. You said no to a Rebbe? Yeah, I said no to a Rebbe. <laughs> Are you a mach? Yeah, yeah. I'm a machutzef. Yeah, yeah. You know something? My father's part of the board of directors, and he wants you to have me thrown out of this yeshiva. What? Get out of this room right now. To... So who won? Who lost this fight? Kid won, Rebbe lost. Big time. How do I know the Rebbe lost? Well, first of all, the kid's still in the room. Second of all, if you want to know who's winning an argument, look to see who the volume of whose voice is getting higher and higher. Watch this. Yakub walk out of the room. No, you can't tell me what to do. <gasps> well, the kids are going. <gasps> Yaakov walk out of the room. No, no, I'm not going. Yaakov walk out of the room. No, I'm not going. walk out of the room. I didn't do anything. There's no reason why I have to walk out of the room. walk out of the room. No, please. No, it's not fair. walk out of the room. He walks out. i come to Rebbe 1 now. Whose voice was getting higher? Whose voice was getting higher? Children are very quick to feel who's in control. If you are stunned by the chutzpah of your kid, your kid knows that, and will build on that. You, you have to keep the volume flat. Keep the volume flat. Eventually, the kid is going to give in and walk out. Most of the time, when the kid gets chutzpah, they go, stop and start slapping. You, you slap him, you're going to be in big trouble. You... He's sensing your frustration, and the kid is getting what he wants. He's getting the attention from his mother that he wants. He's getting what he needs. It's, it's easy. Take the emotion out of it. You're a robot. No, 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 no. You can't slap him. No, if you slap Chaim, if you slap Chaim, you're going to go to your room. If you slap Chaim, you're going to go to your room. Okay, now go to your room. Um, you're going to see. Once the kid starts getting louder, then you're in control. I think that's a little bit of an answer. Also, if you want to tell kids what to do, you would tell kids to go to sleep. I've always found it with my kids. Don't come in a second. Stop playing. Go to sleep. That's that's tough. Okay, I'll give you another ten minutes. Okay. He's starting to process within 10 minutes, after five minutes, five more minutes, okay, time is up, okay, another two minutes, but that's it. Most of the time I found the kids will go. Give them time to process the, the response. I think that that also could be very helpful. Yes.
1: Okay, we have so many more questions. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to cop to Ryan.
0: This,
1: uh. Okay, the, the live won't be in a second. Um, we, we, we touched on it a little bit, but it's a little bit more detailed the question, so I think it's important. I have two boys very close in age. They're 13 months apart. The older one is my oldest, and he's a weaker student, educationally and socially is much more quiet. The one right under him is smarter, has more friends. How do we give the younger son what he needs without making the older one feel bad or left out?
2: When he's out with his friends, spend time with him. That's what I tell you. You're going to sense. You, the, 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 just don't show you're giving the younger one more attention than the older one. And when the, when the younger one comes up with a cute line, don't burst out laughing Let laugh. Adjust. Think that whatever your reaction is to the younger one, the other one is, is, is following through. And, uh, I, I, you know, you don't have to tell, I love you as much as I love your older brother, younger brother, it's not going to work. Just give them the time. Give them the time. Give them the, take them seriously. Give them the space. Give them what they need. And eventually they'll feel that they think that they're getting the, the proper amount of love from you.
1: Okay. we have a bunch of live questions
2: let's start going through some of them yes hi um okay i also have three um little children
1: and the oldest they're also they're very close together
2: loads of nachas yes
1: i mean thank you um the oldest one is very competitive always wants to be in charge likes to be the mommy
0: always when they play wants to give everything out and the next one gets very jealous of that
2: right um so you can try to come into the game, I don't know, and uh, say, can I play along with you? Can I be the mommy now? <laughs> Sometimes do that. Can I be the mommy now? And uh, let's say your youngest one is Shira. Uh, yeah, Shira is, is your name. Okay, your youngest one is uh, Devora, and your older one is Javi. And, okay, can Devorah, can you be mommy's helper? Try to play the game a little bit, join them. Um, there, it, take, will take,
1: that help my older one be
0: less competitive?
2: Try. Like I say, try. It's the nature of a child. And again, children grow up with competitive uh, older brothers or sisters. It's part of it. It's very hard to change the nature of a child, but uh, try to work with it, try try to join them. I, I, I used to do that sometimes with my kids and a lot of times it helped. I think a lot of times it helped.
0: Okay, thanks.
2: Yes. We have a child that
0: is in and out of the hospital. Is really and it's affecting the functionality of a family i know that it's um it's not applicable to everyone baruch hashem but do you have any advice on how we can keep
2: a balance of calm in our home unfortunately it's an assignment that uh, you know i don't want to say too many people have because the bunch knows obviously what he's doing and again again getting back to what i said to try to maintain some type of a connection you may want to sometimes you don't want to let in an uncle or a niece to help out because if you want to be independent, or you don't want somebody else in your kitchen, which I understand very well. But if there's a need for it, allow it. There's nothing wrong with taking, with with with, with allowing other family members to help. Sometimes we build a wall around ourselves and we say it's not worth it. You know what I mean? For every favor I get from my family, I have to pay back ten times. The Brisker and the once said the cheapest way to go from one place to the other is to pay a taxi because if someone drives you. You know, there's no end to what you're going to have to pay for it. But but again, there's the reality of the situation. I think also even from the hospital. If you call home and say okay, okay, and say goodnight to each of the kids, I think that makes a big difference. Um, some connection to that. Or a father learns over the phone from the hospital to with the kid for five minutes, just that there should be a connection that can make a, a world of difference, I think, for a lot of kids. It's a lot more complicated than that, I know. But um, little things, we start with little things that they should give us. We want to do something to generate the Siyat from
1: we have
0: another live one. You're yes. on. Hi, thank you. Um, my question is about the relationship with your child, but specifically about bedtime. That um, I've been trying to give my kids like 10 to 15 minutes before bed, each one before bed, and it just takes very long and it's incredibly draining. But I see no matter, I shouldn't say no matter how much, but spending the time during the day is just not the same and they really crave it. It's not a fight. It's not a challenge if I don't do it at night, but I see it's just not the same for the
2: relationship. Right. There's something about going to sleep with a loving parent, you know what I mean? That can't be replaced with anything else. What about the child that doesn't have it? Again, we don't run the world, the bunch of runs the world. But if, if it's taking too much time to cut it down to five minutes or 10 minutes, but it, uh, just make sure you get each child in there with that creation, whether it's the creation malamita, whether it's a little story, whether it's covering them, it's the kiss on the forehead, whatever it is. The child that goes to sleep with that love, it's a completely different world. And you'll ask mechanchem, you'll ask Mauriz, you can see it, you can you can feel it with the children. You really can. And same, you're right, you can't do it in the morning. So I'm in a rush today. I'll do it, but I'll kiss you good night, my breakfast. It doesn't work. <laughs> the manisham gave us, you know, times to and and Musav and and they gave us times to say Kriishma and smile with our kids before they go to sleep. This is an interesting question. It actually came from a teenager. Yes.
1: Uh, can uh, My parents are divorced. I'm being ripped apart in the middle of the divorce. My mother makes me crazy. My father makes me crazy. I should be by her. I should be by him. I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm having a very hard time with my situation. Can you please guide me on what to do with that?
2: Right. So obviously, the, I don't think this is the venue for it. But the, you, you have to have someone to talk to. You have to have someone to talk to. And if you're the mother, or you're the father. Your child has to have someone to talk to you, besides for the parent. And as far as parents are concerned, custody fights and, and, and divorces, Rahman al you know, it says, Mazbeach, Yared ol of the mice. cries by a gat, and the reason is because the kids are the carbon. Um, whatever you do, the Evesh is if Shalom Bayas is not an option, don't make the kids the ping pong ball in, in the game. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't try to buy out the kid, because at the end of the day, you're not going to buy him. He's going to resent it. He's going to resent it. The, the the kid at the end of the day 99.99% of the time is the mother is a mother and a father is a father and you can't change it so let's see it's it's a biological reality it's part of the Kaddish Baruch's plan and of course someone's going to say that well I can't my mother mother is a bad influence the father's a bad influence every case is different but the, the the animosity don't try to run it through the kids or try to win over the kids by bribing them it, it falls apart but here's the child asking the question and the child is you have to be strong enough to say this is going to be my life. Rabbi Hashem gave me this nisayin, okay, to grow up in this kind of a house. I am going to be one day a mother or a father, and hopefully, and I'm davening now to have Shalom Ba'ayis, and, and maybe these experiences are going to help me help others. But right now, don't let yourself be a ping-pong between your, your father and mother. And tell your mother, please, I love my father, and I love you. And really don't make me the, the ball in between.
1: What do you suggest for children that are constantly asking for things? We do some earnings and we buy them sometimes, but everywhere we go and every store we want, we, they keep on wanting more and more and more. Yeah, there's a reason stores put the candy.
2: Right. The reason stores put the candies right on the, on the aisle where the kid can reach for, reach from it, right? Every store will put the candies just where the kid can reach from it on the carriage and say, excuse me, your kid is... because they want the kid to do it, right? They want the kid to break the battle so you should have to pay for it. That's part of the plan. Make a chesmer. There should be a chajun. I I don't believe in giving kids things for nothing. A Shabbos party, a birthday party, whatever it is. But you know, you want to earn it. Um, if 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 you if you earn it, if you do things on time, there's a chart in the house. You get it. If a child wants something and it's something that's reasonable, then let him earn it. Let, let him earn it. So th- th- this is what I want you to do. I want. Whether it's three days that the Rebbe doesn't call and say you were you were sent out for throwing spitballs, or whether it's three days that you went to sleep on time, let let the kid earn it. I don't, I don't think instant see and get. It's not going to work because his appetite is just wetted and he wants more and more. I think so.
0: Okay, the
1: last question. If anybody else wants the last live, this is it. This is the last question. We'll go to closing with
2: Yes, we have oh, to do so yes. yes. Yes, What
1: to do when we covered so much ground tonight? There's so many questions we did tonight. Yeah. The answers are so sharp, and so there's nothing more to answer. You say a clerk, you know. Like, there's you nothing more to answer.
2: Out. It's not the whole answer, but it's just again, like I said, the point is to get us thinking. That's all.
1: That's it. Yes. What to do when both my when both my husband and I have different ways to be mechana for our children? We don't agree with each other. For example, certain age to send the kid to school, benching, to be tough with them, be soft with them. When the father and mother don't agree, what's the mahal between the parents to deal with that?
2: Well, wow, halavai. That should be the most. The halavai. That should be the serious. The, the point of the content. Okay, that's it's good to have a rav. It's good to have a thing, and you know, to, to say, okay, what what are the gedarim here? What are the But Whatever the issue is between you and your husband or your husband and your wife, have it out between yourselves, not in front of the kid. And I can tell you again, like we said before, don't challenge your wife. Your wife says, okay, you don't only have to bench Lazana Sakal. And if the husband feels no, he has to bench all three brachas. Don't say, oh no, just tr- trust me, trust me. It's the interest of the kid. Is just let him bench now to Lazana Sakal. If you want to discuss it with your wife, discuss it later, not in, not in front of the kid. And understand that there are no there are no real answers. When is the right time taking a kid to shul? Depends who, which shul, depends which kid, and depends what the mood of the kid is. There are no real answers. And, uh, you know, if you know, sometimes for Shalom bias if you do things which you don't want to do, that alone is the biggest siyat in the the more people want ask live. Okay, can push
1: you a few more minutes? Yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. you're on. Hi, what do I do when one of my sons says, I just learned in Gemara in Bava
1: something or another that the halacha is not like you, or the Gemara brings a raya, and what you're saying is wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. And so take at, right, so you could take you could take out a Yaradaya and show him Hilchas Kibbut Avaim, and it says you're not allowed to contradict your father. First of all, just want I just, just want to tell you something, okay? But I'm like you, I don't mind because I don't mind that we're learning or something. But I want you to know the halacha. I don't think that there's uh, I think there's anything wrong with that, okay? Um, you could also try to explain to the kid. I'm not going to fight with you over the Gemara. If you want to, you know, I, I we don't want to use our Gemara as a sword, right? To try to show who's right or or, or who's wrong. But let's not get shana on the Gemara. Let, let's try to see. Let's try to see what it is. And anyway, we don't pass them from Gemara, right? We have a Shulchan Aruch, and we have a Messiah and we have a Shainim, and we have a Hreinim. But I'm so happy that you know the Gemara and you're working on it. And I'm so happy that when you learned the Gemara, you thought about this. That means you're really into your learning. I'm so proud of you. Turn it around and flip it as a compliment on the kid. That's what I would do. Okay, we
1: have another live one. Mr.
0: Silvira.
2: Yes. Hi. um, Thanks. Um, My question is,
0: we have newborn twins and two toddlers. Mazal tov.
2: Loads and loads of nachas. Yes.
0: Thank you. So I have two questions. First question is, how do I give the toddlers proper attention? And the other question is kind of related. One of the toddlers is she's very physical, with the twins. And my gut reaction is to put her on timeout. But I know that she's probably hitting them because she needs my attention. So timeout is counterproductive.
2: So, what's the proper discipline again it's a million dollar question the, the banish leilam knew to give you toddlers and knew to give you twins so obviously there has to be an etza i think like like i said before children don't necessarily need a lot of time they need quality time they they, they need good time you ever so, kids will fight friday night over where to sit by the table fight like you know my seat and then honey took my seat and then zizi took my seat and they'll finally have to make sure i'm have you want to sit and five seconds later, they're all gone from the table. So what, what, what were you fighting for? And the answer is kids don't need time. They need, they need just those moments. I know toddlers need their mommy. And again, the Rav HaNshallahu gives us the science, so there has to be an answer. I think that the, the, just enhance the quality of the moment and make sure that every once in a while, you give your toddler the attention. And then I think they're good. They're, eventually, they're, they're good to go a little bit on their own. Um, David should give you loads and loads of nachas, and you should have nachas and all of them. And as a Shemiz Broch, your toddlers and your twins should have the same problem. Amen. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to closing first. I want to go to official shakhtah coming on tonight, giving us so much chizik real. I think we covered the most questions tonight than any other night.
2: It's the topic. It's the nature of the topic. Okay.
1: Too right. much? Did we? Did we overload you?
2: Right. Would no, have been no, no. I wish I would have had better answers. But again, if you would have had. If the shear would have been about the stimulus check, I don't think it would have been that much questions. Than many questions. Because the question is when there. Yes. When okay. Properly. But uh, again, this is this is a topic that we all deal with and we all live with. Okay. I want
1: to say again, for being Chazek, so many people here, there was probably over a thousand people total here tonight. I'm a thousand people see the video. Again, tonight she was learning the zikr. Rufu Sholema. Bokher. Sholema ben Sura Aliza. for Sholema. Rufu Sholema. Rufu Sholema. Rufu Sholema. Rufu Sholema. It's because of all the people here tonight, all the people who the watch, it should be a Gerser for Sholema official. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Can you read it? It says, E'en ben David bach Yichlu Kalun Hashem Eshe Beguf. And just remember, every time you bring a child to this world, you bring the geula closer. The Rav Hashem has a plan. Just a little, little story I heard on the way coming here. That was sorry, a sorry, red...
1: sorry, Rabbi, sorry. Let me, let me, let me, I was going to wait till your closing, okay? Okay. Give me one sec. Um, again, next Sunday, everybody's here. We have a tremendous show with Rabbi Yatsi and Shushan. We're going to be sp- discussing uh, enough talking. It's time for doing things, real practical ideas on how to help yourself, help your kids, help others. It should be an amazing program. We've already discussed it with Menachem this week. It's going to be something really amazing. Anybody who's on tonight, for sure, come on, tell everybody about it. And again, he'll tell people about the share. Everything tonight's recorded. It's going to be on Menachem's website, www.menachembearful.com. If you have any questions or you want to reach Trevor Schechter, I guess just email Coach Menachem, Coach at gmail.com. We'll forward everything to Reverend Official if you can answer it. Um, tonight's share, share number 34. Everything is pre- is recorded. You can call him by the phone. We are ha- on we two phone numbers now. Call Alushin, the number is 718 521 5231, star 7. And the code for the share is 909 310. Also, we have uh, another number. It's 848-777-GROW. Again, that's 848-777-GROW. And I want to thank our advertising sponsors, The Liquid Scoop. Rabbi Anini from Chazak. Chayla Kaplan and Shul Summer from JCN. Coach Menachem closing verte, their official. Coach Mnachem.
0: Shkorech, Shkorech of Rabbi And we covered a lot of ground and got a lot of concepts. And now to go out into the actual boot camp. And uh, deal with it is a lot of taste uh, and um, it sometimes can be a challenge. But it's just an interesting um, thought that I have, that we want our kids basically to do what's right and everything that's right in a very young age. We don't even give them the time to develop and eventually grow. But by, by, by 13, we want them to do everything. And then like we discussed with Krishna, there are many adults that, that struggle with man Krishna. And here you go, you want your son. And sometimes it could, be, it could boil down to the parent. The parent has to back up and realize how much of it is because I need my son to do the right thing right now. And uh, a lot of things get in the way. It does take time and everybody's different. I'll be dark again. And uh, for some, some manage to do it right uh, in the beginning, some it takes time, and we have to realize that and give them the time, be there for them, and not uh, twist all the sides so that it works out for the parents. So, thank you very much again. I do want to mention that we're going to have a program Moshi, with Charlie. Let oh, me clarify there's yeah. two
1: special programs that are coming out, we're going to tell everybody about it. We're going to have a special program next week with Charlie Rari, it's a whole special thing, and then we're also working on a a special three-series shidduch program with Rabbi Yy. One for for parents of that are involved in shidduchim. One for the bachrim that are going to A bunch of different topics: older bachrim, younger bachrim, and also for girls. So we're gonna email you the information once we once we once once we have it all confirmed. It's not gonna be on Sunday night. It's gonna be on a different night of the week. Special edition. Special edition. We'll get to that. But yeah, and uh, I want to talk about official we're getting a lot of text Please ask for official Shekhta to come back again. We want to hear more from official I'm, I'm only the Shliach. I'm just telling you what it says. Don't, don't shoot the message. the <laughs> official. Please give us closing words. Chizik. Everybody's trying to raise healthy, beautiful, the healthy children.
2: Okay, sky Thank you. It's beautiful. Uh, you can feel, the, you feel it through the Zoom. You feel the ear. Feel it in, in the thing. But don't be mechanach your children on Zoom. That, you, you, you be there for that. Um, unless the Rebbe puts you in a situation where you have to, then it's a that's going to work because right. Rachel knows better than us. So there's a Rebbe, so there's two people going traveling to the Khaiza, okay? And uh, they run out of money on the way. They're going to the Rebbe, they ran out of money. So they had an idea. One becomes a Rebbe, the other becomes a Gabai, and they come into town and one announces himself as a Rebbe, the other is the Gabai, and they bring them food. And before they leave, people bring them, you know, opinion with money. Hvalid, right? And then uh, somebody comes to the Rebbe and he says, "Okay, Rebbe, you know, here's here's money." He says, "I didn't have children for the last twenty five years. Can you give me a bracha?" And the guy goes, oh, it's a you know, what am I supposed to do?" And the gabai says, "Rebbe, no, Vintshema, what are you kid? Just Give him a bracha." "Rebun I don't how get into this." "Okay, I give you a bracha. Fine, Should I have children. Let's get out of here before we get you know arrested for impostors." And they come to the Chayza, they come to Lublin, and it's late at night, so they go to sleep in the shul. Meanwhile, the Rebbe, the Chayza, comes out. He says to his uh, gabai, two people just arrived over here." Okay? I want you to find them. And he's looking in old the achnas houses. They're not there. Finally, he comes to the shul. They're there, and he wakes them up. He says, the rabbi wants you right now. two of them go, uh-oh. And they come in, and the rabbi says, I can't believe this. He says, that man was coming to me for 21 years asking for a bracha for children, and it didn't work. I couldn't help them. And, and you should know that, your bra- that, that that what you did tonight, the bracha helped. The only thing I don't know is which one of you was the rabbi, which one was the by Tell me. And they go, blah. So one of them says, Reba, if the Ruach HaKadosh didn't tell you which one is the Reba, which one is the Gaba, this time you're not supposed to know, right? And the two of them walked out, you know? They wish they gave you these children. You're the parent. Sometimes you're the Gaba, sometimes you're the Reba. Your bracha works. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, Everybody, yep. thank you for coming tonight. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. We also have
2: a tushan. B'tanach. Kalte. Bye-bye.